John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Oh, hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. Oh, hi, Ed. It's me, John Kiltica. John, it's a high game podcast. Is it? Yes. Oh. We're going to talk about guitars today. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about birds. Yep. Last night... Clementine and their partner, Oliver, came over. Right. And we played a game called Bird Bird. It's actually called Wingspan, where you collect birds and you get eggs, and the eggs make more birds. It's a cardboard game. Yeah. Bird Bird is what we like to call it. Bird Bird. Wingspan. It's got awesome art of all these birds, and there's a little app where you can point the app at the card and it'll give you what they sound like. The bird call. That's awesome. Bird stuff. You know about birds? I do know about birds. Maybe this is just the bird app. It could be. We've done the Great American Survival episode recently. Prepisode? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are bird watcher dudes? Bird watcher guys. Yeah. I feel like there must be a name for those dudes. Bird watchers, I think. Amps, pedals, we talk about that kind of stuff. That's right, here in beautiful West Seattle. It's a little rainy. Early in 2024, the cold cold has kind of gone away. But I did drive today because it was pouring and I didn't want to walk even the like three, four blocks in the rain. It's pretty wet out there. Didn't want to walk four blocks in the rain, establishing that Ed is not who you want on your team when it goes down. Beverages. Yes, I had beverages. That had a feel to it 
I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of. I'm hoping it will remind you of what I intended it to sound like. I think I'm going to get there and I'm going to go with the first one that's the wrong answer. And then I'm going to go with what I think is the correct answer. Okay. It kind of had a weird McCready Pearl Jammy vibe. Yeah, that's... That's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. I think the right answer is GNR. Oh, that's the wrong answer too. Really? In my head, I had Oasis. Yes, great. No, it totally has an Oasis vibe. You're right. I think there's a guitar player in GNR who plays a guitar kind of like this guitar. This is a BC Rich Mockingbird, and yeah. yeah, I believe Slash... Slash played Mockingbirds, I think, right? I think so. What year is this guitar, John? This particular example of the Mockingbird is 1981. Mm. Slash has basically an identical 1978. Yeah. But yeah, bird. See? Coming around. You familiar with Mockingbirds? Mm. They're very smart. Okay. And they sound beautiful. Mm -hmm. Except when they're pissed. Yeah. When they're mad, you know it. Okay. Um, I've got some Hotwire Coffee oh. from our friends over there at Hotwire Coffee. Yes. <laughs> in beautiful West Seattle, next to the post office yes. that doesn't have an outdoor mailbox. <sighs> and I transferred it into a crow mug. <coughs> See? Bird stuff. It's all just synchronicity. This was not planned out. And here in beautiful West Seattle, yeah, near the water. Mm-hmm. A beautiful, massive, bald eagle mm. was electrocuted. Mm. And somebody walking on the street found him. I took a picture of a bald eagle two weeks ago, and he was huge. I hope it wasn't the same guy. Bummer. I also made a protein shake. It's blueberry spinach with some Huel protein powder. What do you got? I, too, have hot wire coffee. Uh-huh. I have cock and bowl ginger beer. That's a uh, orca beverage. Yes, and cock in this sense is a rooster. Mm-hmm. You know what you should do? What? As we are saying the birds, you should put the bird call in. Oh. Okay, so in the future times. Yeah. How did you like those sound bites, Ed? <laughs> I loved them. Yeah. Those were fantastic. Awesome. Shout out to all the birds. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about BC Rich. We have done over 300 episodes at this point. Yes. Have we ever done a BC Rich? We have not. Why not? I don't know. Is it cool? I think it's cool. I have a really big soft spot for this. Is it cool, ironically, or is it just cool? I kind of think it's just cool. Just cool? <laughs> I think it might be. It does have a lot of knobs and switches, and I am happy to report, Ed, that in the case of this guitar, mm -hmm. they are all useful and pretty cool. Of course. First question. Can I ask a question? Yes. Is BC Rich a dude? Yes. Okay, BC yeah. Rich is a dude. In 1941, uh -huh. one Bernardo Chavez Rico was born in East L.A. Oh, no. 1999. We lost him. Was he like 58 when he died? Sure. <laughs> okay. Young. That's a bummer. Well, Bernardo mm -hmm. 
starts building banjos and ukuleles in his father's guitar shop when he was a kid. Oh, This okay. would be the 1950s. He learns, besides his father, how to make instruments. You said ukuleles? Yeah. There's some luthier skills in building an actual acoustic instrument and like a banjo. There's got to be some weird technical things with the banjo as well. I think there definitely are. He was learning that stuff young. Yeah, from the time he was about 10. Great. Eventually, as he grew older into his teens and early 20s, he concentrated on just acoustic guitars. Huh. And all indications are that his acoustics were really good. By the time 1967 rolls around, he changes his name from Bernardo Chavez, B.C. Rico, to B.C. Rich, and decides that he's going to dip his toe into solid-body guitar making. Okay. By that point, he had made about 300 acoustics. So I don't know how many of those are still around that you can find. Yeah. But I wonder how they were branded. Yeah. This is a big kind of turn. Like, I'm going to sure. try solid-body guitars. So he starts... I guess as a person might, who didn't really know anything about it, by making copies. He made 20 guitars. Ten were copies of Gibson EB3 basses. Oh, funny. And ten were copies of Les Pauls. I guess he felt that if he were to do that, he would kind of get a feel for yeah. the difference in building techniques. Mm -hmm. They were more highly appointed than the originals. Than original Les Pauls, you mean? Yeah, like in the okay. case of the bass, they had arch tops and fancy inlays and all kinds of stuff yeah. that he was good at. Maybe because of that, friends of his were like, man, this is so intricate. Maybe you should just come up with your own funky shapes. Mm -hmm. In 1976, this shape, the Mockingbird, was introduced. It wasn't the first. He actually had one called the Eagle. Uh, my man. Very similar to the Mockingbird. Uh-huh. Yet different. So I guess at that point, 78, we're well past the days of the Japanese imports. I guess what I mean there is, at that point, weird guitar shapes were in the market. It's still pretty crazy and weird looking. Yeah. How would you describe this? The Man. lower horn is elongated. Yeah. And instead of pointing inward towards the neck, it points away from the neck. Man, it's got like an SG cutaway right at the neck, but then it comes back and reverse teardrops in. I don't know. You see a little SG. You see a little Explorer. The back end sticks out yeah. further than the bottom of the back. Yeah, so kind of Explorer SG. But then, you know, it's super asymmetrical. This is called a Mockingbird Standard. A Supreme would have had fancier inlays and more appointments, which is kind of wild because this, for being a standard, seems pretty fancy to me. It's not a bound neck. It's not. But ebony fretboard, it looks like? No. The Supreme no? has an ebony fretboard. This oh. is rosewood. The body is koa on this one with stripes on either side of the neck through that are maple. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got two humbuckers, hardtail bridge, three knobs, one rotary switch, pickup selector, <laughs> uh, and four mini toggles. That's so wild. So is that volume, tone, tone? Let's start at the start. Yeah, yeah. I've got the pickup selector in the middle. Okay. 
The knob closest to the bridge pickup is a master volume. The rotary knob is a veritone switch. Pretend like I don't know what that means. A veritone switch has detents, in this case, six of them. Uh-huh. As you click through them, it rolls off the tone differently from high end to low end. So I'm in position one. Two. Man. Three. Four. Five. Six. The jump from one to two is the most stark. That's pretty wild, huh? Yeah. And that's all with both pickups. Both pickups, yeah. So right. if I put it on just the bridge pickup... There's options. Yeah. Just neck? Just using what we have so far, the pickup selector switch and the veritone switch, yeah. I will go as necky as possible. Let's go as bridge as possible. Yep. It's pretty cool. Next, working our way down, there's a mini toggle switch next to another knob. What could that be, Ed? There's three that are together and one that's kind of separate. Yeah. I don't know. I want to go phaser. It's an on and off switch for this knob. Turn that mini toggle on. I'm going to turn my master volume down. It's a preamp. What? Not active, right? Yeah. Let me see the back. So there's a battery in there? Yeah. Uh, you got that cranked as I do right now. Maybe go to the bridge. Or not. There's stuff you can do with that. Sounds great. You could legitimately go guitar into amp, and the only thing you have is that one active switch. And I imagine, like, if you've got a nice tube amp that's real responsive. Yeah. You turn that on, it's going to slam the front end of that amp and give you more shit, too. Mm-hmm. What do we got down here? So, these are humbuckers. Yep. These first two switches down here, these mini toggle switches, are mm -hmm. coil splitting. Perfect. Okay, for each. Yeah. So, here's my bridge. This is a master tone, by the way. I've got the master tone all the way trebly. This is about as trebly as this thing's getting. Love it. It's pretty cool, huh? This is two single coils. Yep. Phase? Now phase? Yep. Uh, the last mini toggles is phase. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Are you in position one on the baritone? Yeah. 
Might as well just roll up the treble. Yeah. As long as I'm in the neighborhood. Single coils out of phase. Love it. Yeah, so you can get... It's pretty cool. Wow. Out of phase, single coil, preamp, as trebly as possible. I can imagine once you get really used to what this all does, a variety of sound that you can summon. Now I'm back in phase, humbucker. There's gotta be a ton of guitars that have this kind of look to it, but the one that pops into my brain is the Kramer with the stripes down the center. Right. Kramer definitely did a very similar look. You know what I wonder? Tell me. If we go back to single coils and back to out of phase, put a little bit more of that drive on. Mm -hmm. What happens if we veritone it down? Ooh. You don't have anything on. Now you do. Everything up until now has been guitar straight into amp. Yeah, I've got a Spaceman Explorer phase on now. But that's it. It's kind of nice. It sounds great. I like just about all of the sounds that this guitar has made in a live setting, and a ton of people have played this thing live. Yeah. It seems like they must just have their one or two settings. How many people are actually futzing with, oh, I need single coil, out of phase, and then for this next one, I need humbuckers. Right. And like, I imagine the live use case for this is pickup selector master volume. Or maybe from song to song as opposed to within a song. TLDR, you got a lot of cool noises out of this thing. Boy, that's you unusually know, heavy, isn't it? It's great. That is just the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing with this guitar is it looks like it's brand new. It is in great shape. Someone bought a guitar and then didn't play it much. That's cool for whoever buys it now. As long as we're talking about somebody potentially buying it. Mm -hmm. There was a neck crack that was repaired. Yeah. And I got to say this. I'm looking at it with my eyeballs and I'm feeling it with my hand. I have no idea where it was. I did look at this on the webpage. Did you do that? I did. I hit it with the blue light so I could see where it even was. Newer nitro will blue light out differently than vintage nitro. Okay. So you can kind of see where it was refinned. 
And the refinish under blue light is so subtle and faded out. Yeah. Even the crack, I could barely see. Right. So whoever did this repair knew what they were doing. Yeah. If you're just looking at it in the room, you can't see it. And from the repair, it's sort of hard to tell if the headstock snapped off or if it was just like a stress thing. Hard to know, but our guess is that it was just a crack. It wasn't snapped off. Yeah. It doesn't appear to affect anything about it. The list of players of the Mockingbird is long. You got your Joe Perry, Slash, Dave Mustaine, Lita Ford, dude from Golden Earring. Yep. Elliot Easton played one. The Cars, yeah. Trey Anastasio. You're a big fish head, aren't you? Oh, you know me, the fish. Yeah. These were made in L.A., I'm guessing. They were until 1987. Our man, B.C., Rico, entered into a marketing agreement with a company called Class Axe. Okay. A-X-E, out of New Jersey. Your neck of the woods. Yeah, to market and distribute B.C. Riches. They would eventually end up making changes to some of the models and doing their own kind of design work and to this day there's a bc rich series known as the the nj series huh that licensing agreement was for three years okay by 90 that was over and by that point rico bc rich had started another guitar company called mason bernard named after his father oh that's nice yeah they made strat type guitars and he only made about 300 of those And then in 99, of course, he passed. R.I.P. That's too young, I would say. Did he have kids? Do we know? He did. There was a B.C. Rich Jr. Oh, great. I think Jr. is still very much involved. Although B.C. Rich was sold in the 2000s to some company in Kentucky. And I saw a Facebook announcement that in 2019 they were sold again. Hmm. But I couldn't find mention of to who. But I can tell you that you can still get American-made BC Riches. Sure. What are the pickups in it, did you say? I believe that these are DiMarzios. Okay. Nice and hot. Hot boys. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Our man, B.C. Rich, mm-hmm. born in East L.A., he of the Funky Shape Guitar Manufacturing. This is a B.C. Rich Mockingbird mm-hmm. from the early years. 81? 81. Okay. Buy or deny? I think they're just cool. Buy. They're kind of expensive, but I think for vintage, maybe they're not super expensive. It's a buy for me too, Ed. Yeah. I've always liked these. It's a buy, but would I actually spend the money on it? Right. Neither of us are Mr. Disposable Income Guy, but these Mockingbirds and Warlocks, I have a weird soft spot for in the same way as the gem. They scratch that very similar itch. It's just that thing where the irony has gone 360. I just legitimately like them at this point. You know who rocks a BC Rich ironically? Phoebe Bridgers. Does she really? She does. She looks awesome. Boy genius. Yeah. Black suits, black tie, white shirt. Yeah. And she's got a BC Rich. Oh, funny. She played a $99 warlock on SNL. Isn't that great? Funny. 
we think it's irony, but it's kind of not. I can't believe we've never done one of these almost six years, and this is the first one to come across. Yeah, I really like it. Sounds like you do too. Love it. I'll take pictures of all these little switches and knobs and rotary tone controls, all of that, and we'll put them up on the Instagram like we do. Mm-hmm. The internets. Yeah, the internets. Have you heard of that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's worldwide, apparently. A little bit. Yeah. We are with the Ruinous Media Network of Music-Related Podcasts. We had a meeting with Patrick and Joe and Chris and the crew. Yeah. And there were like 12, 15 other podcasts from the Ruinous Network on this big Zoom call. Yeah. They are expanding. More than once, they were like, oh, the high gain is doing a good job. Maybe they've listened to these episodes and they know they're kind of on thin ice. We better give them the shout out. Yeah, we better stroke them a little bit here. They'll get the... upset. <laughs> <laughs> so go over to Ruinous Media. Yeah. And check out all the podcasts that were there and are now there. Yeah. They're expanding into things like design. Design freaks. Yeah. Tour stories. Yes. Antiheroes. Yes. Cult and culture. Mm -hmm. Bamboozle. Mixing music, new one, midriff, fretboard journal, low profile, Doctor and the DJ. There's a ton of stuff out there on the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts. Yeah. I wouldn't mind talking to some of those people. Yeah, yeah. We should come back next week and do another one, don't you think? Yeah, probably. All right, then. Okay, cool. Okay. Bye. Bye.